Hi, I'm Peter Akerley, CEO of Erdine Resource Development. We're a company focused on the uh, gold belts of southwestern Mongolia in the process of building our first gold mine at Bayan Hyundai. Earlier this year, we struck a deal with MMC, which is uh, Mongolia's preeminent private uh, coal producer, who's now our partner on that project. We're listed, dual listed actually, on both the Mongolian and the Toronto Stock Exchange and headquartered here in Eastern Canada. Uh, Peter Kassir, um, been well since uh, saw you last in, in September. You're in that wonderful Lausanne dip at the moment of actually getting on and building a building a mine here. Um, but it, it seems to be you're not getting much credit for what you're doing on the ground. So let's just remind people of where you're at in terms of the build phase. Sure, Matt. Good to see you again. You know, it's it's really heads down and get the Bayan Hyundai mine built. Uh, we started this process back in July of this year where we first had our M, uh, MCSP, our EPC contractor on site. And it's quite amazing to see what they've accomplished to date. We're about, we're nearing about 12, 13% completion and expect to hit 15% by year end. So, you know, foundations getting put in, all of the pre-camp pre, uh, work, Offsite road work, everything that we need to really hit the ground running in March, April of next year is being put in place this fall and early winter. As you may know, we have about a minus 20 to minus 40 Mongolian winter to face. So we kind of slow things down for a period there before we, we hit the ground running, as I just mentioned at that point. But maybe just to back up a little bit and shed a little light on uh, MMC and uh, affiliated companies. You know, back in 2022, as we were looking to kick this off, we we recognized bringing in a Mongolia partner would bring a non, number of uh, attributes. And first off, that was money. They contributed 40 million US dollars to the uh, project. They bring excellent um, expertise in construction and operations, and they bring great national relationships. And a number of affiliated companies that are involved in the mining industry, construction expertise. So all of those things um, added to a decision for us to enter into this partnership, which has allowed us to mount this uh, construction process that's now underway. And so how did that 40 million US, 50 million uh, Canadian come in? What, what, what do they get for that? So we have two subsidiaries in Mongolia, Erdin Mongol and NIN Resources. Erdin Mongol holds the gold assets, NIN holds the Zumod Copper Mali. Through this structure, they will earn a 50% interest in the gold subsidiary. But outside of that, we'll hold back a 5% NSR. So effectively, when you do the simple math on that, our 50% plus a 5% NSR, we'll be looking at 60% net profits, give or take, uh, when you look at the full development of the district. I would just point out that that 5% kicks in at 400,000 ounces. And at that point, uh, we have 5% on anything developed within a 700 square kilometer. Okay. And but, but, okay, what does that actually get you? Because they're going through the, the bill phase. I'd say, are they... So who's building it? And you say, you talk about maybe 15% by the end of the year. You've got most of next year, and then you're looking to get a production, what, in Q1, early, first early half 20, of 25? Yeah, yeah okay. Five. So you, you're going to have to kind of rip through the phase. Have you got the cash to actually fund everything, or are we raising more money in other, yeah. other ways? So step back on that, who's building it. So, so MMC is a uh, coke and coal producer, one of the largest in the country. They have 2,000 miners. So they're actually bringing in our staff who we will eventually have in place at uh, Bayan Hyundai and training them at their mindset. But MMC has a number of affiliated companies through their umbrella holding company, MCS. They have MCSP, who's doing the EPC for us. They have MCSI, who's one of the largest power uh, providers in the country, and they'll be looking at our hybrid diesel solar station. So those 
those companies are actually the ones building it, and MMC is the partner uh, eventually on the operations side. In terms of the funding side, so the $40 million that came in, we've spent about half of that, so there's still $20 million sitting in the subsidiary. But we're in the final stages of putting in place the other $75 to $80 million in senior debt. And as you know, we've had a mandate letter signed for some time with ETC. We have EBRD there as an equity partner who's expressed interest in being part of the uh, cost overrun facility. And a number of commercial banks in Mongolia were also interested in supporting us. So I'm fully confident that within the next 60 days, we'll have that full package put to bed and have the full financing in place. But it is those four, and perhaps even include MMC in that, who's uh, producing a significant amount of cash currently, is another another funding participant in that group of five or six that will have in place by early next year. Okay. And so, so you mentioned the kind of 5% NSR and that gives you right. about the equivalent of, of 6% interest. Again, how is that structured? Because it means quite a, quite a chunk. It's unusual. Sorry, how is the... So they, 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 they took about the end of the 5% NSR. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... That's quite healthy. Yeah. Get that, away with that? that was the critical part of our discussion. So when I look at what we believe we have here and what the long-term vision is, it's not about just building by an Hyundai. And I don't think that's why investors are coming into our story. It's about the fact that we've found three deposits of multiple prospects near surface. And when you think out five, 10 years, this could very well be a multi-mine district. That was a key component of our negotiation. I wanted to ensure that our shareholders had exposure to the long-term growth of this at a low minimum dilution level. So when you look out five years, let's assume we have BK, uh, Altenar, and Zunmat underway, and you have a 5% NSR on that, the economics are pretty exciting. And that's really what we were thinking about when we structured this. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, right. So it's it, it, kind of reference the fact that market's perhaps not giving you credit at the moment. Do you think you've kind of got over, is it just a factor of the precious metal markets under pressure, the, the, the fact that you're in that build phase? Do you think people have kind of got over that kind of Mongolian issue, that near to China issue right. as, as a potential liability? I think so. I think when you look at the success of Rio Tinto getting past their impasse with government in early 22, looking at uh, Oranos, the French uranium producers' uh, success in Mongolia recently now, looking at all the massive uranium mine, and just... Uh, I guess the straddling of that geopolitical line that you're seeing with the Mongolian government where they're welcoming relationships with Western countries and the development banks being quite active in funding projects, Western development banks, all has come together to give a perhaps a more stable outlook for Mongolia or stable view of Mongolia as an investment destination. So that's that's helped. I think when you look at our company and you compare it to our peers, We've actually performed quite well just staying flat. Um, it's been a pretty rocky ride for for all companies. Take it from juniors right through to producers. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the stability we've maintained. Um, and so we're trading at what perhaps you'd reflect as that initial lead up to cash flow in the Lausanne curve for the Biohyundai project. But coming back to what we ultimately have, I think that's really where the value equation kicks in. And you know, I, I see this as a multi-million ounce district. I see it as having the opportunity for large-scale porphyry copper molly deposits. And I think with the molly deposit, we're now coming into a pretty attractive place to move that more aggressively forward, given molly prices have now for almost two years sat in that 20 to $40 a pound range, and you have a deficit of, uh, for molly in China. So 
things have changed quite dramatically in that front too. So moving forward behind the scenes on all of those projects. Okay, and, and, and let's just kind of stick with some, we'll remind people of the economics um, on, on this one. It's obviously, we're talking about, you know, four grams per tonne, so great. So that it's 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 solid. Um, can you just remind us of some of the other numbers there? What, sure, what are yeah, we it's 100, 100 million CapEx with a 12% contingency built in. It's an 870 all-in sustaining cost. Um, we'll produce about 60,000 plus in 2025, and then we'll hit an average of 85,000 ounces a year for the following four years. Um, it's a eight-year mine life altogether, but as I mentioned earlier, the pipeline is quite full with the other projects that we have. Mulan's uh, not yet in resource, but excellent grades we're seeing in that deposit. Dark Horse has significant potential. So lots of room to continue as we move forward. Um, we'll produce at uh, $1,800 gold, $60 million in net free cash flow after tax, and we move that up to 2000 $80 million a year. Okay, and, and if I look at some of your, if you look at your register, obviously Eric Sports a, a big holder in there, but you've also kind of got a lot of kind of lo- local interest there. Eight-year life of mine usually put, put some of the institutional guys and gals off, um, but I should say there's potential upside on not just some of the other projects, but I guess with free, this free cash flow to be able to expand your exploration component. Have you, have you, have you felt it necessary to build it out this way because of the the markets. I get into cash first, don't worry about scale, show me the money. Is is that been a big part of your thinking? Well, absolutely. I think uh, how long have we been talking about equity markets bouncing back for the juniors and uh, developers? You know, here we are at $2,000 gold and we're not seeing that. So to take this route of getting the cash flow, avoiding the uncertainties of dilution and market conditions and getting to the point where we can truly start to more aggressively explore this district. I mean, I'm certain when we've only drilled the top 150 meters and we have three deposits and multiple prospects, there's an extremely high probability of more. And I'd much prefer to do that from a point of strength with cash flow than I would to dilute to chase that. Um, so yeah, absolutely. We see this as a, as a um, more stable move to unlock what I see as significant value. So therefore, and, and this is a conversation I'm having a, a lot recently, which is given that um, understanding of the market and therefore putting yourself in a position of, of strength or at least controlled by getting ahead and producing cash, do you think that the institutional uh, investors that you know, so many producers covet um, will have to just recognize a new, a new sort of paradigm, a new, a new reality uh, going forward, because they've always wanted this, yeah, ten-year-plus life of mine. They've wanted to, you know, un- understand the the economics over a longer her- time horizon. Do you think these kind of near-term revenue build-it-out models will start to resonate, or at least you know, make, get recognised by institutions? You know, it has for probably the last decade or more with the Australian producers. We see this quite regularly, uh, and I'd have to say they've had more success in building long-term stable con- companies than we've seen in the uh, North American companies. Um, when I talk to our investors, and I do regularly, whether it's in Europe, uh, New York, Toronto, or in the case of um, Eric Sprott, very much aligned with the the path we've chosen, and that is to de-risk this, get the cash flow. The the recognition from those people that we do have something unique here is is pretty much unanimous. Uh, it's not just me saying that. I think people in the industry understand when you 
only spend $20 million on exploration and you end up with three deposits and grades like we're finding. Um, there's, there's believers in our register and they all sit tight while we move towards that point where we can really start to chase this down with more more funding and, uh, and more aggressively. Right. And so I'm understanding that, um, obviously, we were saying the margins are good in, in terms of a, a, ASIC and, let's say, you're all in costs. Hopefully, it will, be, it will be good. The margins will remain strong. And certainly, in an environment like this, I think that's impressive. Your free cash flow is good. It's a question of what do, you, what do you do with it? Does the model there change any? Again, it used to be a case of let's just throw it at expiration, show how big this thing gets. Can you revert back to that previous model? Or again, is there a new paradigm on that? Well, if I understand the question, right, I, I look at the opportunities in sequence and um, immediately adjacent to buy in Hyundai, we have two new discoveries that have given us substantial uh, grades, you know, like dark horses you're familiar with. We're hitting four ounces a ton over five meters within shovel distance from surface. Uh, at Wulan, um, just half a kilometer to the west, we're hitting over 300 meters of gram of gold with high grade zones of, you know, I think their last drilling was 35 meters of eight grams. And some of this isn't in resource yet. So I'm highly confident that we're going to find the economics being similar on some of these adjacent deposits, if not superior. Uh, and we can move from there to either expand or extend mine life. So that's pretty much a given what we can see today. It's just a question of to what magnitude we can move that. And it really becomes a question of, is it extended mine life or do you have another half a million to a million ounces sitting adjacent to the mine so you can expand it? I think there's high probability of the latter, given what we've seen uh, to date. And then, as you know, 16 kilometers north, we have Alton Nar, which is pretty much an economic territory today. It's a two-gram head grade, half a million ounce deposit. The only question there is, how much more can we find before we set in stone what the development uh, process looks like? So, yeah, I don't think there's any question we can replicate similar grades and scale to what we see today. We just need to get back to that exploration. And it's not that we're not going to be doing exploration as we move into next year. We real, really nail down the final costs on uh, by Hyundai. We already have plans to be doing work at Dark Horse And remember, too, that our partner has gone from COVID closure to half a million dollars a year at EBITDA. So they're feeling much more comfortable with uh, investing into the industrial metal and gold space, which they've stated publicly as their plan to diversify away from steel making coal into these metals. So we're kind of a, a ready-made answer to that. And I think we'll be partnering on a number of different fronts, whether it's the expansion of what we have today or other opportunities we see in the country. Right. Okay. And, and, and obviously, taking what we're saying with regards to, uh, you know, Alton, Naran, Ulan, et cetera, and, and, and Zingmod, the way that the the operations are are being, so where, where the plant is being built now and constructed, I guess I, the the proximity of these other deposits will help. That, what I'm trying to work out is, you know, were were was there an understanding that those would be feeding into this the same kind of infrastructure, and that it may be more efficient later on when these when these other projects kind of feed into the to the same base, um, or. Can we expect efficiencies going forward? I more savings. Yeah, absolutely. So I see Ulan Dark Horse and Bayan Hyundai all as one large deposit, one system. And we've got some of the best experts globally kind of confirm that for us. And we're talking about, you know, maximum two and a half kilometers from the existing plant. So this is just one big feeder system and we'll continue to explore in that area. And, you know, I, I see significant expansion or extension 
Altenar is a bit of a different animal. You could uh, bring in some of that ore. You could cherry pick it and bring in a couple hundred thousand ounces of three, four gram material if you needed to into the Bayanhendi plant. But I feel like you'd be destroying value long term at Altenar because I do see that as a million house plus flotation opportunity to sell concentrate into China and not just grab or cherry pick the gold, but to get some of the silver byproduct, the lead and zinc byproduct, which is you know, probably today about $300 million worth of value sitting there in those byproducts that you'd give up if you put it into a CFP. Right. And, and with, with, if it goes to the balance sheet, where are you? Obviously, the money's come in from MMC, which, which, which is great. I, I assume is that going to be entirely um, um, spent on, on Bayan uh, Kundi or is, or is it... Can yeah, use it elsewhere so for exploration through, on like dark horse. Yeah, so we're going through the budgets being finalized as we speak, but the bulk of that $40 million will go directly into the construction side. But there is about $3 million set aside for exploration as we move through next year. Um, it's a fairly moderate amount, but remember, we're still drilling at surface and quite low cost exploration. So we'll, we'll move the needle a little bit in terms of confidence under lawn and dark horse, but the more significant spend will come as we move into 2025 and get closer to that um, cash. Well, right. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get at is there, are they, because exploration can, historically has got people excited, you know, and perhaps maybe not so much recently. So you, you think that's not going to necessarily affect your ability to, you know, drive that share price next year. It's, it's going to be all, all, of, all about the build. Yeah, I would say more of the latter. There's there's enough exploration to keep some uh, interest there from those focused truly on the exploration side, but it'll be moderate relative to what we expect to hit as we move into 25. You know, when I, I look at this district, it's, it's going to be a long-term discovery uh, trend. It's it's. If you look at any district in the world, you know they're still finding things a decade or fifty or a hundred years later. If you look at Nevada or South Africa, so I truly see that as what we're going to face here. And you know, immediately as we move into twenty five, you have deep geophysics to do. You have a regional exploration. It's going to be quite a large program as we get past that sort of impasse of access to non dilute cash. Right, and and again. It, it, it's been a sort of strange three years in terms of like the the new the the, the normal um, cues and, and clues and and numbers don't seem to equate to this, the same things anymore. Your hundred and twenty million dollar market cap company, you're nearing, um, let's say, you're you're eighteen months away from production. I know, but a wrap up in there too. Um, how do you think you're going to get value recognized by them by the marketplace? Um, is it just a cash generative machine? I know you got fifty percent of, of of it, and plus the NSR. But how do, how do you start valuing these things going forward? Well, I think there is still a de-risking, re-rating uh, process that goes on right through until we prove to people we're going to take the gold out of the ground. So by the time we hit Q two, you'll see a strengthening of share prices as a result of that, and we'll be building up that exploration plan and and I guess articulating more exactly what that sequence plan looks like, so that. Almost in combination, you're hitting first gold and you have this very aggressive, clear plan to unlock value in the other deposits, prospects, and in the greater area of interest that we have with MMC. Now, I would, would add to that too, that you know we did some drilling at ZoomMot this year. We've now outlined a plan to expand that deposit. We had success around the entire deposit. And I do expect to see further work on that uh, next year. And that also can bring significant value to the year. To the company, you haven't been talking much to the market. 
since the end of last year, really. Why, why, why is that? Really just heads down and get it done. As you we just discussed, the market hasn't been all that receptive to uh, to anything, whether it's great drill results or uh, building a mine. So it's been heads down, just do what we said we we're going to do and uh, and move this towards first gold. Um, yeah, that's largely the, the approach. That's the message. Is that going to be the message for next year too? Well, I think it ramps up. As I say, you know, we will be hitting these milestones of a year and we expect to be close to 15% completion. So it's going to be regular monthly, quarterly updates on construction. The expiration plan will begin to be more fully formulated as we move towards next year. We'll have Zoom mod activity underway in 2024. And then as you hit 25, you know, all things come together. You're into that uh, 60,000 ounce per year, four gram head grade, one of the highest grade open pits globally coming on stream and uh, a very robust expiration program that. 